Hi, this is Eddie Markham, pastor of River of Life Church, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for taking the time and listening to our podcast. Hopefully you're going to be inspired and impacted by our message today. I also want to let you know what's going on here at River of Life. God has just been blessing us, and we have outgrown our facility, and the time has come for us to get into a new building. We need to get into a bigger building. So we have kicked off a building campaign this year, and we are moving forward. And God is blessing it. So we are reaching out to you, our podcast listening audience. And just want to encourage you that if you would like to participate and make a donation into our building fund, please head over to our website. It's www.rol-ag.com. And right on the homepage there is a little donate button. Click on that. Follow the instructions and just sow your seeds, sow into this ministry and help us make this happen. I want to say thank you in advance, and I pray God continue to bless you and impact your life as you listen to the ministry at River of Life. High five and say, I'm glad to be in church today. You can be seated. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It it, it always just uh, is amazing to me what God can do in a church service, what he does within these four walls every week. It's just, it's amazing to me. It really is that what believing in God, believing in the God of this Bible and aligning your life with what this book says, it just still blows my mind 21 years after doing it, the change and the healing and the transformation that God can do in a family, in a person's life. And uh, I know God is not done. He is still wanting to do that in everybody here. How many would like a change in your life? Amen. Let me tell you, this is how you do it. And we are entering in a week of prayer and fasting starting tomorrow night. Some has already started today. Some have already started January 1st. And some are going to go the entire month and 21 days of the month. All the, I'm just asking that our church do it for one week. And there's some information on the back table, how to fast, what, it, what is a spiritual fast. But I'm going to talk about it today from the book of Isaiah. I'm going to give you seven benefits from fasting. Uh, I don't plan on making it through all seven. And that's another thing I want God to have his way today. I may just say the point number one and stay on that all day because I'll just do whatever God wants to do. I'll finish it next week in Jesus' name. Amen? I want God to move and have his way. But starting this week... Tomorrow night, the church will be open at 7 o'clock for prayer. Those that can make it, come out and pray. We start at 7, 7 to 8. You may get here at 7.05, 7.30, whatever. We're here every night. And in Wednesday night church, of course, we're going to do a little prayer thing here. But Friday night's the big worship. So I want to talk about fasting and what does it mean to serve God. And the thing about change and the thing about transformation that we talk about, um, we have to do it God's way. To get the change and, and, and to get the transformation in our marriage, our family, our health, our emotions, we ha- want to see change, but we have to do it God's way. Yeah. That's true. About six of you got it. Let me say, we, we, in other words, we want the change, but sometimes we don't want what it takes to get the change. Yeah. And break it down for you. Yeah. And so what I'm going to read to you in the first six verses is Israel, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people at the time were trying to get change in their life and they even fasted, but they were fasting the wrong way. I mean, you can do something with good intentions, but the wrong way. And, And so what I'm going to read to you is what God said through the prophet Isaiah. He said, I want you to tell my people some things. Now, I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. I normally use the New King James. I love the New Living and the Message Bible on this particular chapter. I encourage you go look at both of the versions and re- because it just makes it plain. How many like it plain? And it breaks it down. And so I'm going to use the New Living Translation. And then I'm going to give you the seven benefits uh, of fasting when we do it God's way. It's not just starving. It's not like a medical fast that you've been on with your doctors, uh, but this is a spiritual fast. It's also something that Jesus said we should do often. It's not just the first week of the year. We're doing it the first week of the year because, watch this, it's going to help us align the rest of the year. We're giving God the first week by seeking him and fasting. This is why churches do it on the first week of the year, because it like lays the tracks down for us to run in 2019. 
If you, someone said if you, keep, if you want change but you keep doing the same thing, it's in definition of insanity, right? So we want to change some things. And we're starting this year by saying, God, we're going to seek you. We're going to fast and we're going to seek you. Now, listen, when you do this, especially if you haven't done it, your body and your mind is going to scream at you. You're going to think of food more than you ever thought. You're going to smell food from two blocks away. You're going to try to pray, and your mind's going to say, oh, look, you need to vacuum the floor. You're going to, your phone's going to go off. People will show up that you haven't seen in weeks when you begin to have prayer time with God. Come on, somebody. You'll have people, I mean, things that's going to happen. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want you to get a hold of what God wants to do. He wants to keep you in the same old cycle, in the same old cycle, going on and on. It's a new year, a new calendar, but I'm still the same me. God is saying, I don't want to do that. I want you to have a new year, a better year, because you are blessed and highly favored of God. But God's saying, I want you to do it my way if you're going to do that. And so that's what I want to talk about today. So he starts off by saying to Isaiah the prophet, he says, shout. Everyone say, shout. With the voice of a trumpet blast. Well, there, there solves the debate whether God likes us to be loud or quiet in church. If you can be passionate when, the, when the, your team scores, if you've got a Plissus playoff weekend, my Lions ain't in it, so I'm, but I'm still going to be rooting for some team. If you can get excited about sports, if you can get excited about a bonus and a Christmas, whatever, then we need to learn to get excited about God. It's okay to shout in church. Come on, front row. I told him a new rule in 2000 this year. If you're on the front row, you got to help me preach. You're setting the example. Everyone's watching you. And if you guys don't shout, if you ain't interested, I, I feel like to me, they don't want to hear what I'm going to say. So let me go ahead and go home and watch, uh, watch the Chicago going to win or whatever. Where's my Chicago guy at? Richard's not here. Amen. He's our Chicago fan. Amen. But I want to bring a word to you that I know would change your life. And so he says, I want you to start off, make some noise, shout with a trumpet blast, shout aloud, do not be timid, tell your neighbor, don't be shy. You can't be shy when you serve God, man. And let me tell you another thing about fasting. When we want to see change, you gotta, we got to be aggressive. We got to be aggressive because we are living in the, behind enemy lines. Listen, the change and the blessings that God wants for our lives, they don't just come easy. 21 years serving the Lord, my wife and I and my family. Listen, it, it wasn't all easy. It, it, I had to get serious. I had to, get, I had to keep that fight. I had, you got to have a fight in you to serve God. And so he says, don't be timid. Tell my people Israel about their sins. Ooh, well, we got real quiet. He said, oh, this is what I want you to do. I want you to tell them about their sins. I'll explain that in a minute. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day. They go to church every day. And they seem delighted to learn all about me. I mean, they post on Facebook, Jesus is the Lord. And I, I mean, they got notes. I mean, they seem delighted. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending that they want to be near me. Look at that. They pretend that they want to be near me. You ever have somebody kind of lead you on and just lie? Okay, this is what God... And he says, we have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves. I mean, we go to church. We even come to the 9.30 sometimes. And you don't even notice. I will tell you why. God says, I'm about to tell you. I want you to tell them why. They haven't seen real change in their life. Can I be real with you today? That's all I want to do. I want to just be real in this place. I don't want to just talk about Bible and verse and we go home. And God says, listen, man, I want to see real change in your life. We can either take it or leave it. And that's what he's saying. He says, this is what I want. It's because when you fast, you fast about to just to please yourselves. Ow. Everyone say, ow. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting with one another? In other words, you don't change. You're not changing you're you're coming to church and you're you're fasting you're doing uh, you're not eating but you're not changing you're still mean and you're still fighting and you're still doing these other things Ooh, glad i came to church today wow this kind of church or this is what i call religion that's religion 
He says, it will never get you anywhere with me. That's why I love the new living. I love it. Make it plain. God says, you, keep on, you can keep on doing it. Now listen, here's the thing. I, I worked with a guy. I, I worked with a guy that was a very good guy, man. And um, he, was a, he was a devout Catholic. He was raised Catholic. And so he would participate in the Lent. You know, they put the ash on your head and all that's coming up. My favorite time of year is Easter, by the way, and, and uh, the whole thing. I love that season. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's amazing. I love it. I can't wait for our services and for that to happen. So I work with this guy, and the thing is, is he would participate. He would tell me every year, you know, I'm giving up this for 30 days. And, and I would tell him, man, that's really good. I says, but you know, I just said, you know, God wants you to do more than just, he, he don't want you just to give something up for 30 days and then go right back to the way you're living. And he goes, and, and I was amazed at his response, and that's why I'm telling you this story. He said, and I begin to tell him a little bit what God is saying here, is that God's really not interested in ashes on our heads, and, and I mean, he's not interested in, in you only eating fish or not eating fish. Those are all disciplines that are pretty good, whatever you do, but what God is interested in is your heart being in it. Help me. Help me, front row. And, and I love what he said. He said, Eddie, I've never had my priest. I've been raised. We're third generation Catholic. He said, I've never heard no one tell me that. That's why the first verse says, make it plain and tell my people. Because you can actually get into a rhythm where you think you're okay. Where you think because you're fasting, you're coming to church, and you're playing a little worship music. You can really trick yourself. The Bible says in James, if we are just hearers of the word and not doers, we deceive ourselves. And the scariest thing about being deceived is you really don't know you're deceived when you're deceived. Preach somebody at 1130. So that's why God says you got to shout, not to be loud, but to wake somebody up. You got to get out there and say, hey. Go ahead and do what you're doing, but bring your heart with you. Woo! Somebody needs to put that on their Twitter. Put your heart, bring your heart with you. I, I want you to fast this week. I want you to come to church. I want you to learn to put in the offering and all that and give, but you're missing the point if you don't have your heart. You ever be in a relationship and can tell the heart of that person ain't in it? It's a waste of your time, my time, and everybody's time because I don't care how, how blessed and good-looking you are. What do we want? We just want you to love us. We want your heart. That's all I want. God says this kind of fast is going to get you never nowhere. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance. Ooh, gosh. Bowing your head like reeds bending in the wind. You dress up in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Oh. So they, they, they would, burlap was, the, so when they fasted, they would wear a certain garment. So everybody knew they were fasting. <laughs> and it was like Jesus said, when don't be like them because every time they do something good, they sound a trumpet. They want everybody to know. When they give in the offering, they come up here and go, Pastor Eddie, I want to give, I want everybody to know. And, and, and God says, when you do that and when you show off, Jesus says, you get your reward right then and there. It's a little bit of, ooh. But Jesus said, if you learn to, to live for me and to give in secret, that means do a good deed and let, when no one's watching. When you really do something for me and you're not doing it because anyone's watching it, then I'm in heaven going, oh boy, that's my boy. That's my girl. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather have the God of the universe saying, go get him, Eddie. I see what you did. I see when nobody was looking and you wanted to go ahead and get nasty with that person. But you went ahead and, and honored me in that relationship. You honored me in that conversation. You did what was right, even though it cost you your reputation and everybody talking about you. You still, that's the way to go, my boy. That's the way to go. God says, when you do it like that, then I'm going to start blessing you. Then I'm going to start blessing you. Then I'm going to show up in your relationships. I'm going to show up in your mind. I'm going to show up in, in your emotions. I'm going, to, I'm going to show up in all these areas of your life when you learn to serve me with your whole heart. Everyone say whole heart. And so that's, if you want a title of this message, I would break it down and call it Breakthrough and Blessing. Because these are seven things in this chapter, and I don't have time to get through all seven, not even going to try. I'll finish it next week. But the first three, let me at least get these, because these are the breakthroughs. Everyone say breakthrough. 
And the last four are blessings. In other words, God says, when you do it my way, when you really do it with my heart, like I told my friend at work, and I said, man, don't be afraid to, to give God your heart, man. And, and he'll really bring a change in your life. And God said in this chapter, and you can read the rest of it later, but he says in that last verse, if you really want to fast, go back to that last verse. He says, do you really think this will please the Lord? No, but this is the kind of fasting I want. And then the rest of the chapter, he describes the real way of fasting. And then he says, these seven things is going to happen. And the first three are called breakthroughs. That means God will break things off of your life. Things that have held you back and things that have really hindered you from doing right. And he, there's three of them. And the, and the first one, he says, if you read, go back and read it, it says that I will loose the bonds of wickedness. That's the first thing that God's going to do. And this is what I call it. That's addictions and habits. That's addictions and habits. God says when we fast with our whole heart and we fast the way God wants us to fast and we seek him, it's not just fasting, but when we seek him and, and, and give God our heart, he said, I will loose the bonds of wickedness. I will break addictions and habits off of your life. You ever try to ha- stop a habit? It's not easy. And you stop an addiction. It's not easy. One of the scariest things in my life is when I tried to stop with my drinking. I tried to stop with some of the things in my life. And I've always been a very strong-minded child. I was a very strong-willed child before they had medicine. If they had medicine when I was a kid, my mom would tell you I would be on a drip everywhere I'd go. I, I was just so hyper. ADD before ADD all ever come out. I was ADD. I mean, I was just, I'd walk, my, my cousin said, Eddie, I remember when you was a little kid, you couldn't walk from the kitchen to the living room without karate chopping everybody. I mean, I wouldn't even walk. I was just sound effects. How many got some kids like that? Just ready to go. Well, pray for them because they could become a preacher. I'm just telling you what would happen. I'm just telling you what would happen. <laughs> some of you are like, I don't know if I want that to happen, let me tell you. But I tell you, I've always been a strong-minded person, but I remember being a young adult, and I tried to make some changes in my life, even on January, and I remember the scary feeling of realizing my reality, and that was I was powerless. So I didn't try it again because I hated that feeling, so I just act like I told everybody I had control, but inside I was addicted. John Revere, one of my greatest heroes of the faith, if you don't know him, he's one of New York Times best-selling authors. He's a renowned Bible teacher, mighty man of God. He openly shares about his addiction to pornography, and he's all over social media, and he tells these stories. He said he thought if he would get married, it would fix his problem, and he married Lisa, beautiful woman. He said that didn't fix it. He said he even thought if he got into ministry, that would fix it. He got into ministry. He was actually in ministry and still had this addiction. He couldn't break it. He had people lay hands on him. He, had revived, he would go to revival services. He had anointing oil dumped all over him, and he just couldn't break this habit. He couldn't break this addiction. And then he got alone with God, and he gave God his. He said, God, I know what you want. And it's funny. Like, again, we can deceive ourselves. And he said, God, I'm going to give you my whole heart. And he fasted. And he prayed and he said, God, I can't do this on my own, but please break it. And he said, God gave him a revelation of who he was, that he was a child of God. And he's no longer a slave of fear. We sing that song because for some, it's not just a song, it's a reality. And John Revere said for the first time in his life, he can look at a woman and not have that addiction. It bound him. But he said he began to be free, and he, re- he got a whole book on it. I don't care what you're battling today. It could be something that serious or something like nicotine. You want to quit that, or you want to quit uh, relying on food. We got all kinds of addictions. People can get, your flesh can get addicted to the craziest thing. There's even a show on, TV, on one of them channels called uh, My Strange Addiction. This one girl was addicted to eating toilet paper. I ain't lying. Every time she saw toilet paper, one had Clorox tablets, and she was, what was that? I don't even know. I'm like, what are you? Some of them are like, okay, we got special prayer lines for that brother. I mean, this guy was addicted to, I don't even, anyway, there's, God can break the habits. Listen to me. God says it in Isaiah, if you will give me your whole heart, I can break that thing off of you. But see, when you fast, and why I love a fasting is so powerful, because you're focusing in on that thing. You're not ignoring it. You're not, you're not admitting you're okay. You're saying, no, God, I'm not okay. 
and I'm going to focus in on this thing until I get it broken off of my life. And then you come in here on Sunday, and you wouldn't even have to have Pastor Steve tell you, you'll lift them hands up. Come on, you'll lift them. No, one's had, no one had to teach me to do that. I, my hands went up the moment I realized that I don't deserve to be here. When I realized that I don't need this stuff in my life no more to have peace, to have joy. I got joy all by myself just with Jesus. I got peace. This thing is real. This thing is alive. God is real. Come on, give me praise. If, you're, if you believe that, give me praise. Them hands go up. Why? Because he's broken the addiction. Someone say, set me free, Jesus. Oh, I got to keep going. That's just number one. I could go all day on that, but I'm not. I'm going to get into these two. Then he says the second one. He says, I will undo heavy burdens of oppression. This is what I call emotional healing. This is emotional healing. That's why I want to take a minute on this. We have got a problem in our culture today and in our society with emotional healing. We, we need some emotional healing. And he says here he will give us this emotional healing. The word oppress there in the Greek in your Bible means to torture, um, to harass, or to be distressed. So the question is, can a Christian be oppressed? The answer is yes, absolutely. A Christian, I believe, now I do believe that a Christian cannot be demon-possessed. Demon possession is a real thing. Don't look at your neighbor. Just look ahead. I know my husband's demon possession. No, no, I'm not talking. There, there's a real demon possession out there, and it's not because you're weird. Uh, there's a real thing. If Jesus casts the devils out all the time, it's a real thing. I've seen some folks, and it's like, okay, that's... Listen, there is, there is a... Our physiological makeup is a real thing, and there is chemical imbalances, real thing. And there are medicines that help with that, real thing. The church advocates for medicine. Luke, who wrote the Bible, who wrote Luke and Acts, he was a physician. God is okay with medicine. Isaiah the prophet applied medicine to Hezekiah. He prayed for him, God healed him, and then he gave him medicine. So this thing about churches being against uh, medicine, no, that you go to a weird church, okay? The real church of the Bible believes in medicine. Medicine helps. Some of you are on it. Amen. But let me tell you this, there, you need to also realize that not only a physiological makeup, not only a physical body that you have, you also have a soul. You hear me? You also have a soul, and if you get damaged or hurt in your soul, medicine won't fix it. You need a spirit to fix a spirit. I said you need a spirit... To fix a spirit. You ever have a bully? In order to beat a bully, you gotta beat, you gotta get a bigger bully. I stood up to a bully when I was a kid. A kid used to bully me around. I think I shared that story a while back. A kid hit me in the head with a hockey stick when I was a kid because I could tie his shoelace for Angie, uh, his girl in our neighborhood, who said whoever could tie a double shoe lace, you know, a, a double tie, I'll give you a kiss. And she kissed me on my cheek, and Jeff got mad and he hit me in the head with a with a hockey stick. He was a big kid. The guy would, would always lure me away from home and get me around the street, and then he tried picking on me. Now, I was the fastest kid in the neighborhood, so he never caught me. And I remember one time, I remember going to church, and, and uh, they taught us about David and Goliath, how he fought Goliath in the name of Jesus. And he, he, they taught us how there's power in the name of Jesus. And all you had to do was just say the name of Jesus, and, and man, you can overcome anything. And, man, we were all excited in children's church. So I'm about, woo, Jesus, true story. This is a true story. And I was about seven or eight years old, and I was in, it was in the wintertime, and I was going to Challenge Grocery Store in E-Course. Mom sent me over there, and me and my friend was going over there, me and Billy Davidson. I remember it. And we were walking and looked up, and guess who snuck up on us? Big, bad Jeff. And Jeff was bigger than everybody, and here he come. He had red hair and everything. I don't know what it is about red hair, but we, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, he, he come. And he come and he got me against the thing and he had a big piece of ice. This is a, I'm telling you, he had a big piece of ice. He was getting ready to hit me with it. I looked over and Billy was gone. How many know when you got friends that think they're going to be there with you? Now, me and Billy together can break him down because they were from E-Town. Hey, come on, somebody. We learned to break you down. And so I look and he's gone. All you see is his shoes, little punk. Anyway, I'm standing there. Jeff, true story, had this above my head. I'm seven years old and I was scared. And I said, in the name of Jesus... I'm telling you, the block of ice broke right over his head. True story. 
he looked at me and I looked at him and he was like, whoa, what did you do? And I said, I don't know, but in the name of Jesus. He took off running and I ran home. And I believe this Bible because of that from that day forward. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you, God is bigger than any bully you got in your life. Anything that's holding you down, God is bigger. God is stronger. All you got to learn to do is believe in the name of Jesus. Come on. I learned a powerful lesson that day. And that's what I mean. And God's the same way with, with oppression. And here's what I wanted to show you, that a Christian can even have oppression. The Bible says that there was a righteous man named Lot. Now look at that. The Bible calls him righteous. I don't call him righteous. The Bible calls him righteous. So that means he was righteous. Who was what? Oppressed, harassed, tortured, distressed. And it says here that it happened because of the, thing, of the filthy conduct for the righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Now, I usually use this verse to talk about how the things that you and I see and hear will affect our soul. About four of you got it. Did you hear? If you watch Bird Box, then don't be surprised if you're walking around with your lights on at night because you're afraid to death. What you listen to and what you watch, what he saw and he heard tormented him. As a youth pastor, I used to drive this home to our young people saying, it does matter what kind of music you listen to. It does. If you listen to, hey, I got a little bit of Jessica, Brenda on my side, then the next thing you know, you're going to have, don't worry, don't wonder why you're struggling to be faithful with Brenda. Some of you country people, I'm in the bed with Linda, but Marlene's on my mind. Okay, we can, or whatever, or like my granny, seven o'clock in the morning, she'd crank that, all my exes lives in Texas. I hated country music, and I hated Texas, because I'm a 14-year-old boy, and I sleep past 6 a.m., Grandma. I'm just fooling with you, but you know what's real. Music, music is, is, I don't have time to get into all of that music, but here I'm telling you, everyone, I'll just say this, everyone needs to be aware of what will awaken darkness in you. And what will awaken darkness in me may not awaken darkness in Tyler. And the church needs to get a hold of that. Moms and dads, you got to put boundaries in with your kids, but don't try to make your kid like you. They got to walk out their own salvation. I'm just trying to help you. They got to learn that they need to change some things because they want to change some things. Now, you as parent, you have permission and you've got authority when you give them cell phones and stuff. Don't tell them. Like Stephen Furtick said, if you change the passcode, I will change your destiny. So there's some authority as parents that you do need to have. I locked my door as a kid, and one of my daddy to knock that. My dad said, as long as I pay the bills, I'll knock that door. I'll get a chainsaw to that door. I'm just being real. Come on, that's going to hurt my feelings. No, yeah. Well, look how I turned out. I'm just saying, discipline goes a long way. But it does also, you got to leave room for the person to want to do that on their own. So it's not my message, but I'll preach that another day. But this is what I want you to see. We talk a lot in Christian faith about when you come to Jesus, what you've done, and you need to get forgiveness for it, don't we? we? And we all have baggage. Don't look at me all holy in 1130. We all come to Jesus and we all got baggage. But this emotional healing isn't about what we have done. It's about what has been done to us. And Lot was tormented by the things he saw and he heard, but I'm not talking about just rap music. Let's take it a step further. He was brought up in Sodom and Gomorrah, two of the most wickedest cities in the history. In other words, he was raised in dysfunction. He was raised in violence. He was raised in hate and everything you can think of, sexual immorality. He was raised in it, and it oppressed him. And the scripture says in Isaiah, God says, if you will give me that hurt, come on, give me that pain. Quit hiding and act like everything's all right. I know about what happened when you were seven. Can I go there? I know what was happening to you. 
And the, and the fact that you're here today is my love and my mercy. And I'm just waiting for you to give that pain to me. Because he says in that scripture in Isaiah, I can undo what's been oppressing you. Come on, front row. Come on, get it. Come on, get it. Undo there means in the Hebrew, it means to to violently untie. It's In other words, God's just not going to loose one little strain at a time. You ever see the movies like Taken? Okay, I watch a lot of movies. Pray for me. Taken's like... When my daughters were in school, I was, I was afraid of getting that phone call. I'd be like, Felicia, what do he look like? You described to me the tattoo. Okay, we all seen that movie Taken, right? When, when he goes and he gets his kids, you see how violent he is? You can get some, if you're walking with the Lord, I can get revelation by watching Disney. I got more revelation from Bugs Life than anybody in here, I'm telling you. I can, God can speak to a brother when watching Aladdin. I'm just here telling you about goodness overcoming evil. I ain't getting no help today on the front row. And what you notice in these movies is, man, when they go, when, when, he, when he goes to get his wife and his kids, he's busting down doors. Why? Because it's valuable to him. It's, it may not be valuable to you. You're over there still trying to get a plane ticket. I don't even know. I was going to break up with her this week. Then you ain't even got to know what I'm talking about. But if something is special to you, if something is valuable to you, if something means something to you, then you're going to fight. I don't got to tell you to fight. You're going to want to fight. You're going to want to go after them. You're saying, come on. And God is saying, I want to undo what's been oppressing you because you matter to me, because I love you, because you're valuable to me, because I got a plan for your life. I got a better future for you. Just let me in. Give me that hurt. Give me that pain. I want to violently undo whatever's been oppressing you. Come on, give me praise today. I want to untie it. I want to untie it. And this week, God's going to do some untying. I know it works. I've seen people. Joyce Meyer is another one that you can hear on the radio. She's a world-renowned speaker, and she talks about how she was a little child being molested and abused. I mean, she goes into some deep things. She's very open about it, and she's even written a book about it. And she says, in a weird way, I kind of thank God, not for the awful, horrible crime that was done to me, But I thank God in a way for him to allow me to make it through because now I am helping untying millions of people all around the world. Can I tell you that that might have happened in your life because God knew he was going to deliver you and set you free so you can help millions and thousands of people out there. Come on, come on. I don't understand all that. All I know, I don't understand all of that. I don't even try. We're never told in the Bible to understand God but we're just told to trust him. That's my job. That's your job. Is to just under is just to trust him and know this that all things work together for the good to those that love God and give him their heart. I might get this CD or this message myself cuz I'm getting blessed right now. This can change. Listen to me if you get a hold of what I'm telling you. This cannot just change your life, our little life. It can change the whole trajectory of your future. That righteous man, you read in 2 Peter, he goes on to say God delivered Lot from that oppression. God delivered John Brevere from his habits. God delivered and and healed Joyce Meyer from that. Not that you're never going to think about it again. Not that you're still going to struggle when you see that person or that accident. Or maybe you grew up and there's so many. There's some stories that sitting in our church. Families that have shared their testimony and their stories. Our brother Kovan back on the media. I thank God he's here for both services working hard. He has shared with our men's group growing up in the foster care system. How, how tough it was on him. But look at him now married to a beautiful wife. Being a father. Being a mentor in our Royal Ranger program. Back there in the media. I see you, brother. And God sees you. From southwest Detroit. And God picked him up out of the street and healed, healed him and, and changed him. And that's what God is in the business of doing. Man, my job's easy. I just simply just tell you about it. The hard thing is getting you to do it. <laughs> just getting you to believe. And getting you to commit. 
But he says, I'll heal you. You ready for the third one? The third one, he says, it kind of goes with the emotional healing. And like I said, there's medicine that helps with the physical part of it, but God wants to help and heal in the spiritual part of it. I, I mean, I'm going to have to preach on this again another time, some more of this stuff. There's so much more I could say about it. But he goes on and he, say, he says, not only will I undo, everyone say undo, but he says, I will break every yoke. Everyone say yoke. Okay, it's not the egg yoke, okay? Some of you, when you get into church, you start learning some words. You never said. I never said hallelujah before I got saved. Where's my LaDon? Me and LaDon, we never, we never, what's up? Hallelujah, praise Jesus. I mean, we didn't talk like that. We, we, we know, but now you're a Christian, we kind of talk different, right, Tomas? We're like, hey, what's up? God's been good. All the time, all the time, God's been good. You kind of pick up the different vocabulary, right? And we still will say, what's up? You all right? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, Jesus, is in, he, he loves us the same. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. But yoke in the Bible isn't a egg, egg yoke. It's a yoke where it connects two people. Please hear this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land. This is the rest of my messages right here. This is powerful, what I'm going to tell you. I call it containment. Containment means... You're saved, you're on your way to heaven. If you died, you're on your way to heaven, but you're stuck. You're saved, but you're stuck. The children of Israel is our example in the Bible of what God did to the Jewish people. They were in slavery, slavery, which represented being an addiction and bondage in the world. Moses came and delivered them out. Moses is our Jesus. If you read the whole story, you'll see the analogies that God was teaching us. Here's the point. They were saved in Egypt. In other words, when they put the blood over the doorpost, the death angel came and the death angel passed over the house. They were saved in Egypt, but they were still in Egypt. They were contained. Pharaoh would say to Israel, the Jewish people, okay, go ahead and worship God. Leave Egypt. Go to the mountain with this Moses. Worship God, but you must come back to Egypt. Read it. Everybody misses that. But read it. It was at the end before God brought them out toward, toward the, uh, they crossed the Red Sea, which symbolizes water baptism. Water baptism, by the way. Remember when the children of Israel came across the water? Then the enemy tried to chase them, and the waters drowned the enemies. That's what I love about water baptism. Water baptism separates you from the past. <sighs> Those things that used to get at you, water baptism, just something about it. It don't save you, but it just does something in your mind. And it lets everybody know that I'm not the same person. And God just causes the water to go on your past. Those enemies that used to get a hold of you, those temptations that used to get a hold of you, they're drowning in the water while you walk into the promised land. Woo! I'm feeling it today. I'm feeling it today. But here's the thing. They were saved in, in Egypt. They were yoked. They were yoked. The thing about a yoke is, is whoever is stronger in the yoke will control and lead. And so if you're yoked, the ideal was to put a yoke on two oxen and they were both strong and it kept them from wandering off and it kept them, they would do a better job in plowing the field. But when when you are yoked with someone who's not going in the same direction as you are, it causes damage and friction and containment. Come on. Come on. I used to preach on a lot on this on soul ties. Write it down. Soul ties is what we call when you have an emotional connection or yoke with a person. And you won't even have to see that person every day. In fact, you can even be living for God, serving God, going to church, getting your praise on. But all of a sudden, when that certain person comes around, I don't know what it is about them, but I lose everything about Jesus. You got a soul tie, brother. You're connected in a soul tie. David and Jonathan was connected in their soul. They had a soul tie. It was a good soul tie. But you can have a bad soul tie. I had a soul tie with a friend of mine. Since I'm from kindergarten, I had a soul tie, me and him. We were bad for one another. I was fire, he was gasoline. I mean, it just was that way. And I was bad for him. It was just something about us. 
I, had an, I talk a lot about soul ties because I had an entire city that I had a soul tie to. I could not go in the city of Ecorse. Hear me today. This is me. Ain't nothing wrong with Ecorse, but with me. When I walked in, I had memories. We call them triggers and all of that. I had more than triggers. They were shooting bazookas at me. I mean, I was, I mean, landmines was going off everywhere I went. I couldn't even go into that city. And then God showed me the story. I think it's in Mark where a blind man came to Jesus and he couldn't see. And your Bible says that Jesus took him outside of the city. Jesus prayed for the man and he says, how do you see? And the man said, I can see but I see men as trees. In other words, I'm kind of getting what you're saying, but I'm not all the way out. I still got a little bit of a yoke. I want to serve you, God, but something's pulling me over here. I mean, I hear that little music, whatever. It could be that person, but I got this yoke, God. I don't. And your Bible says something that blows my mind. It says Jesus prayed a second time. Some things got to be broken a little harder than others. And that's why we're going to fast this week. Give me 10 minutes. Because God, you know, you got to get violent against these habits. You got to get violent. You can't just, no, stop it. If you saw a snake in your house and you got up in the middle of the night and you saw a big old snake, you throw a boot at it. And, oh, and your honey, your wife would be like, hey, did you get it? No, but I hit it really hard, and it went in that wall. Okay, you think she's going to say, okay, let's go back to bed. Melinda will say, you better get up the cover. Where's those guns? You'll have the snake exterminator, if there is one, the next time, ripping the walls down. Why? Because you got kids in the house. You got some valuable treasure in the house. Well, I'm telling you, sin will come into your life and he'll look all pretty and nice and talk about, ooh, everybody else is doing it. But the Bible says he'll bite you with poison. He'll wreck your life, your mind, your soul, your marriage, your kids, your family, your health. I ain't getting no help at 1130. Come on, front row. You better get mad. You better get violent. You better start ripping them walls out. You better start saying, God, whatever it is, In my life, I'm going to get rid of it this week. Get rid of it, God. I can't do it on my own, but you can. Why? Because I'm tired of going just so far and then that yoke pulls me. You're contained. Some of you love God. You're coming to church. You've been coming for six months, six years. But you stay right here. You stay right here. There's no level of fruit, man. Still deciding on whether or not to give or volunteer and this and that. I'm not being mean. I'm trying to let you see yourself. There needs to come a time when we're not getting prayer, but we're praying for people. There has to be a time when you go in there and you talk to your kids about what they learned, Royal Rangers. You got to be proactive. The world We are living behind enemy lines. Jesus said there's an enemy that come to steal, kill, and destroy. He ain't playing. But Jesus said, I come to give you life, an abundant life. But you got to give me that heart. I don't want your money. I don't need all that. All I want is your heart. I think the Holy Spirit is doing some surgery today. I think he's going deep in there. Somebody say, ouch or amen. I'm telling you, you want a different year? Or you want me to just get up here and talk about Jesus is coming to town or whatever else? This ain't that kind of church. I'm going to be real with you because it's a waste of everybody's time. Me to come here and shake your hand. Katie, you look nice like your shirt. Amen. And you do. But I want to say, Katie, I know you're going after God. What's God speaking to your life? What's God speaking to your life? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) That front row is going to be empty next week. Come on, somebody say containment. That's a soul tie. You could break that. And Jesus, listen, the Bible says Jesus prayed for that man a second time. And he says, now tell me what you see. And the man said, I see men clearly. And then your Bible says that Jesus told him, don't go back into that town. What was wrong with the town? Nothing. But he had a soul tie to it. Ain't nothing wrong with that person. Ain't nothing wrong with the internet. Ain't nothing with the, wrong with the World Wide Web, with them their Twitter. Ain't nothing wrong with all of that, but if you've got a problem. That's right. See, because the enemy, this containment, Pharaoh had no problem letting Israel go and worship because Pharaoh was like, I know you're going to come back to me when church is over. 
Can I preach today? I think this is pretty good, Ma. The enemy's going to say, I don't mind you go to church. Go to 9.30, 11.30, go to 6.30 if they got one. I ain't worried about it because you're going to come back and be with me at 1.30 on the internet. I, I, I got you. Go ahead and go to church. Get your Jesus on. Holla, holla. Pharaoh said, go ahead, Israel, but you got to come back to bondage. And then God said, finally, I'm going to send a Moses. And Moses went in there with the staff. He looked at Pharaoh and he said, let my people go. Let them go. God is saying to you in 2019 to the enemy of your soul, let them go. Let them go. Let them go. And you read the story just like I read it. The Bible says he parted the Red Sea. They come walking out, but they had to walk out. God didn't come and beg him. Come on, please come to church. He was like, you, I parted the Red Sea. You go. I'm being real today. And the Bible says they went right across. And then the enemy, they tried to chase him. And the waters drowned him. And then the Bible says that the pillar of fire led them for the rest of the way. That's the Holy Spirit. You have the blood of Jesus, the water, and the spirit in that story. But a soul tie can be a soul tie that's containing you. It can also be doubt. It could be unbelief. Yeah. You're, you're living for God. You're doing fine. Then you get this crazy thought. That ain't real. Yeah. Or that would have happened anyway. Or that would have. Yeah. That, that ain't That ain't whatever. And, and what is that? You're contained. Right. You're yoked to doubt and unbelief. Fasting breaks that. This week, God's going to break it. I said, this week, God's going to break it. He's going to break it. How many want God to break it? Come on, stand with me on your feet today if you want God to break it. Come on, you want God to break it today. Lift them hands to the Lord. God's going to break it. He's going to do some breaking. He's going to do some breaking this week. This is going to be a different year. Uh, For me, it is because God's still breaking things in my life. I want him to break everything in my life and anything that's holding me back. Come on. Because I I don't want to be contained to what God has for me. Doubt, unbelief. You're saved, but you're stuck. Uh, Listen, when when I got saved 21 years ago, I ran to God 100%. You know, I jumped in the deep end of the pool, cannonball. Some people come to Jesus and they come, you know, one step at a time. And I'm not hating on you. I've now been doing this long enough where I'm just excited you're near the water. I want to push some of you in the deep end. Now, don't get me wrong. Because you can, you can, but here's the scary thing. You can learn to be comfortable right here. Some of y'all been going to church for six years. Fasting again this way. I'm thinking I'm going to quit the Twinkies. I'm going to quit social media. And those are all good. I'm in the deep end saying, man, I've been swimming out here. But not by myself. I got a life preserver. Woo! Called the Holy Spirit. So even if you can't swim, guess what? God's got that covered. God says, jump in the deep end. I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going to put my life preserver on you. You ain't going to drown because I got you. I'm just waiting for you to get a deep end. And all I'm trying to do to you today is for you to come into the deep end this year. If you've got some habits that need to be broken, that's all right. God can break them. He can break, he can break them today. He can break them whenever, but he can break them. You need some emotional healing? I know, it's deep, man. It's deep. It's a deep message today. I know. I went deep with it. That's how the Word of God does. It goes deep because he don't play. It's a real heaven. It's a real hell. It's a real life out there. People are losing their ever-loving mind out there. Families are getting ripped apart. Opioid addiction is just ripping our nation apart. And churches are every Sunday getting together and patty caking and you can sing the best. I ain't down with all that. I got time to play. God says, I don't either. I want to start this year off powerful. Let God break every chain. Come on. Jesus. Break every yoke in our lives. Come on, lift your hands to him if you want him to break it today. If you want some yokes broken off your body today. I'm just going to tell you, you're going to need to listen to this message. Because we're going to put this one on the podcast. And you need to listen to this one a couple of times. And go look at some of those scriptures. If you're listening to this podcast right now, maybe you're driving your car. Maybe you're in your office. I want you to go look at the scriptures that I have said. I want you to think about what has been said. Re-listen to it. Because the Holy Spirit has spoken so many things to this service. I don't know where you are in this thing. 
But I know this is a new year. This is a great time not to make changes, putting ashes on your head. And I'm not hating on the Catholics. Believe me, I'm not. We need as many people believing in Jesus Christ that we can. I'm just going to leave that alone. But I do want to tell you this. God's not interested in a religion. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. Jesus. What am I doing right now? I'm just waiting on the Holy Spirit. He's doing some work on the inside of you right now. Some of you are rethinking things. I just want you to know, don't be afraid. Because, man, it's better in the deep end of the pool. I would have gotten the deep end years ago if I knew it was this good. I'm not perfect, but, man, I got some healing that God's done in my life. Some habits have been broken off of my life. And I want him to do that in your life today. It's more than just repeating a prayer after me. I want you to go ahead and call out to God right now. Just begin to call out to God. Ask Him to heal you. If you need to be saved, ask Him to save you. You talk to God. You ask Him him to heal you, whatever it is. Have your way. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Just have your way in this place. Jesus. Jesus. Go ahead. Call out to Him. Go ahead. Raise your voice. If you've got to be loud, go ahead. Ask Him to heal you. Ask Him to save you. Ask Him to help you change. You want to change. God wants you to change, but it's impossible on your own. I want you going this week expecting the difference, expecting a change. Bring change in this place, Holy Spirit. Change me. Ask Him to change you. Hallelujah, Lord, cleanse me, wash me, forgive me, God. Break every yoke in this place. Break every yoke in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sometimes you need someone to come alongside of you and and pray for you. And if that's you, I'm going to invite you to come up to the front if you want to. You don't have to, but maybe you got something going on where you need some help. Come on up to this front before you go home and let my, my dad and our pastors and our leaders, our deacons are here. We can pray for you. So if you need some extra prayer, some one-on-one, come on, don't worry about who's not coming and who's with you. You need some prayer. Come on up here and just stand right here. Lift your hands to the Lord and just let God touch your life today. Amen. It's that easy. Don't be afraid. He can fix any problem. I can. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, need some healing? Maybe you need some healing. Come on, get some healing today. Let God begin something wonderful in your life. Don't be afraid. Come on up. Come on up. Water's fine. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.